1: Hello again, fiends, and welcome back to Nightmare Alley, the spooky little side street podcast and the regular Nightmare on Film Street feed. I'm John. I'm Kim. And we are joined today with the filmmakers of Symphony, a clubhouse horror anthology. Uh, Symphony is hitting VOD today after celebrating its world premiere at the Brooklyn Horror Film Festival and the Nightmares Festival in Ohio, where we are right now.
2: We sat down with the filmmakers to chat all things Symphony, and uh, this was kind of an interesting one because I am one of those filmmakers, so John got to interview me for once.
1: Yeah, that was weird to be, uh, well, I mean, you were on the opposite side of the table for that, but... uh... This has been a lot of fun to edit, and it was uh, such a blast talking with everybody, Uh, hearing about how Symphony came together on Clubhouse, like really organically, like you guys really kind of yes-anded each other into making a movie. Uh, It's it's almost like you guys just dared yourselves to do it. It's uh, such a weird, unique way to make a film, and to hear everybody talk about having absolute creative freedom to bring their own little spooky stories to life, uh, is is a blast. Like, I mean, I've 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 heard everybody tell their story several times now, and I never get tired of hearing it.
2: Yeah, Symphony was just one of those magical projects that I am just so grateful to have been a part of. A lot of you guys know that I have been writing kind of behind the scenes. That's been uh, one of my big passions while we've been doing Nightmare on Film Street on the front side and uh, Symphony, my segment, Do Us Part, is the very first project of mine that has seen release. So this is my directorial debut, my screenwriting debut, and uh, it's nestled right in the middle of some really awesome, amazing shorts from a ton of talent. And in what may be the biggest interview we've ever done on the podcast, we got everybody to sit down and chat about symphony
1: if this is your first time hearing about it symphony is a horror anthology uh, you know like creep show or or trick-or-treat the connective tissue between all of them is a song uh, and everybody used the same song as the as the inspiration for their short but each song is a little different and every time you hear it terrible things happen We're going to throw it off to the trailer right now. And when we come back, we'll be sitting down with filmmakers Sebastian Bazile, Michael Galvin, Stephen Keller, Jason Regusta, Jason Wilkinson, Nicole Carlson, Haley Bishop, who you'll probably remember from host, Mark Pritchard, Greg Green, and of course, Kimberly Elizabeth. Yay!
2: Supposedly, this ripper asshole has clocked a dozen victims so far. Please don't make me think about that stuff right (laughs) now. It's too long!
3: It's just me who hears you call. <sighs> it's just the stuff.
0: I I don't think I'm gonna make it, man.
4: Hey, proper, are you okay?
5: Let me try.
2: Seriously, no, it's okay. We tried to warn her.
0: Perhaps ah! it's time to head back. You have to think about your kid,
3: Danny. I'm scared man something isn't
6: right it feels like something's taking control
3: <laughs> you Me,
1: you you call. Well, thank you all so much for, for joining us here in the podcast today. There's This is probably the most amount of people we've ever had in a recording session before. It's
2: definitely the biggest <laughs> podcast we've ever done. <laughs>
1: So thank I, you for
4: uh, having us. Um, yeah, thank you so much.
1: Really excited to talk to you guys. It's, uh, I mean, we've we've all hung out together before. I've, I've seen like pretty well. I've seen at least half of you sing karaoke, so <laughs> I feel like I know you. I feel like I know you pretty well at this point.
4: <laughs> so we'll we'll start with Jason. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah, my name is Jason Augusta. I'm a writer, director, and illustrator, and sometimes producer. My short was called Mother Love, and it's about a mother who has to uh, protect her son when this maxed clown-faced killer uh, invades their home one night to quite, uh, let me just say things escalate very quickly and uh, end in in quite a fantastical fashion.
2: And Jason's done all of our artwork thus far. He's got the poster. It's fantastic.
4: Yes, thank you so much. Yeah, it was a pleasure working with all of your amazing imagery uh, on the poster and possibly secret uh, posters that we won't talk about now.
7: Hey guys, my name is Stephen Keller, writer-director of the segment Earworm. Earworm is the uh, story of a father-son contractor team who are hired to help renovate a building only to discover things aren't exactly what they seem.
2: (laughs) Isn't that always the way?
7: (laughs) Oh yes, oh yes, things are always a little off you know sometimes a mold is just a mold uh, sometimes you know it's a brain parasite you know how it goes <laughs> Let's Roll of the dice yeah
5: hello um i'm haley bishop i am a writer director and the actor in forever young which is about a woman who performs a tiktok dance at her 30th birthday party which sends her to a demonic dimension to relive her youth in the early 2000s and it is a uh, comedy horror so I've like to bridge the gap between the two. So hopefully it makes you laugh.
1: Great time period, horrible fate.
5: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) The worst time period, if anything.
8: Hi, I'm Greg Green uh, in Nashville, Tennessee. And with my longtime collaborator, Wes Driver, we um, contributed a short film called The Keeper. And it's about an old innkeeper who hosts a family, a, a, a man, woman, and a child. And he can tell pretty quickly there's something very wrong in this family dynamic but he has no
9: idea just how wrong it is.
2: Spooky. I'm
9: up next, uh, Mark Pritchard. My chapter is called Limited Edition. You can probably tell by my voice on the other UK chapter along with Hayley. <laughs> um, uh, the story is about uh, two women who uh, are trying to capture a moment in time and um, the moment leads to interesting events between them. And we managed to squeeze in a 1957 Morgan sticking to the original brief
2: (laughs) (laughs) oh is that me that's you oh (laughs) i'm kimmy i uh, am a podcaster Uh, i also wrote and directed the segment do us part which is about a couple who've broken up but not by choice because one of them died and uh it's about them finding each
1: other again sounds so sweet In the middle of a horror. It is nostalgia. very cute.
4: <laughs> it's, it's incredibly sweet. It is. Very sweet. It is.
10: Uh, I'm Jason Wilkinson, the other Jason, writer, director, filmmaker based out of Portland, Oregon. And I wrote and directed a short called Tabitha. It's a character study on somebody doing something bad for a good reason. And after botched robbery, a young woman bleeds out alone in her car while being terrorized by a ghostly
0: figure.
6: I'm Nicole Carlson. I contributed Maternally Damned to the anthology. I um, wrote, produced, and directed it. And my film is about a woman who discovers she's pregnant, which turns up a lot of maternal anxiety and trauma that she has experienced in her lifetime. And as the pregnancy progresses, she's not sure if something supernatural is happening to her or if it's normal pregnancy things. I just really wanted to explore a lot of the anxiety that I had as a, a mom, and mix in a lot of the experiences that I and other moms in my life have gone through. Because I think horror is such a beautiful way to connect with people and show that other people have those same fears, too. And it was important to me also to have my lead end strong and end uh, rewarded with power. So I thought that was a really awesome opportunity.
1: All right, Michael, Seb, what's uh, what's your segment about? <laughs>
6: <laughs>
11: well, Symphony of Horror, I get it's the wraparound, you know, segment that sort of ties all of these films together and so you know it's really sort of the origin of the the reason that is that has caused all of these tragedies to happen amongst all of these uh, these different films and then you just sort of find out you know through this short just uh how they're all tied together I mean, I, that's that's sort of the nutshell. Without giving away,
3: <laughs>
11: <laughs> it's see, so short yet so to the point when you see it. So. Seeing some
1: quiet thumbs up from the video screen. <laughs> <laughs> Sab, I think we probably, you know, unfortunately, you're maybe the most <laughs> shy guy in the group. But I gotta, th- I gotta throw to you first. Like you're kind of the guy who ha- I think had the idea for the entire oh, anthology. Boy. How did, how did Symphony come together on Clubhouse originally?
12: Well, a, a good friend of ours, uh, Dina Melanie. Fantastic actor. She uh, did our first feature by Dawn. And uh, she reached out to me and says, Hey, Seb, you know, there's this new app. And it's called Clubhouse. You should get on it because I know you love Insidious. And I was actually speaking to the writer of Insidious and the director of all the Saw sort of films. She was talking about Leo Arnold and, and Darren Bowsman. So a week passed. I didn't get on it because I was writing. Because uh, Mike and I were in production for this film that we thought we were going to be doing in Trinidad and that I was going to be directing with uh, with Ryder. So I was mostly doing work on that, but I couldn't do much. I had Ryder's block, and I decided to get on the app, but it was like 4.30 in the morning, and I ended up in a room with Jason Rogasta, you know, both Jason, <laughs> uh, uh, Stephen Keller, and and uh, Kimi, um, I think, and um, all the other guys, Hank, uh, aside from Haley and Nicole, because they came later on. And and you know, we're talking about the horror movies. And and I said, you know, one of my favorites is um Christine from John Carpenter. And we were all talking about it. And it was like I couldn't see 5 a.m. And I said, you know, if you all write a 10 page you know, script, 10 minutes, I'd bet you I can get Mike on board, my partner on board, to 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 um, you know, to get the money to to make it. Half jokingly, by the way, I said that <laughs> until I got it until I got a, a script from Hank by 10 a.m. After we we all log off at 5 a.m. and then 10 a.m. I got a script from Hank. And I was like, OK, I guess we're doing this. <laughs> of course, I reached out to Mike. Mike thought I was completely crazy. His first word was what? What towards what's clubhouse and
3: we, should <laughs> and
12: we should we should zoom with everybody uh, to make sure that they actually real people <laughs> before, before we start sending people money
2: <laughs> um, i remember wrong. i remember getting off clubhouse that night at like 5 a.m and i went over to to john and i was like i think i'm writing a movie <laughs> <laughs>
11: yeah that's what's so funny about it because he's just talking to me about like this clubhouse platform and like he met all these people and he just was like so adamant and had said with such conviction that we're going to like produce this film <laughs> meanwhile I'm sitting here being like what the hell is clubhouse like, <laughs> like who are these people and like oh, wait we're financing this whole project and so my business but, yeah, partner's getting little, scammed <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know, I mean like I was a little it was a little off at first you know yeah because you know we we, we have a lot of other folks that come to us about projects and things too. So, I, you know, for me, it's just like this normal process, but the way that Seb was pitching this project to me, I was like, okay, so it's like eight people we've never met before <laughs> randomly, like on a new social platform, <laughs> you know, and we're just going to like finance all of this and go into production, do all of this stuff. And, and so, yeah, so it was a little, uh, jarring. I was like, yes, <laughs> trust me. It's going to be
12: good. <laughs> 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 well, we did, right? It was, it was funny. I said, trust me, it's going to be good. But the pretty, idea was to, to make all the segments in yeah. cars. Because we were talking about cars, and I was talking about some of the old cars that I've, that I've had, some of the old Porsches that I've had. And, and I think Mark mentioned the car in uh, his segment. And we were like, well, they should all take places in cars. And Nick was like, maybe mine can be in a truck. And then we switched that, obviously. <laughs> uh to different you know uh, um ideas but but yeah that's that's how it started and and you know i was able to convince mike to come on board and and do this because i think mike was extremely bored and (laughs) we didn't get to make the film that we're gonna make because of covid they shut down the border in trinidad and tobago (laughs) (laughs)
11: It was was like really interesting timing, because like Sebastian mentioned, we were in the middle of this launching this other project, it was COVID, things shut down. And so this sort of was kind of also an interesting opportunity, right? And but when I started reading the projects as they were coming in, and ultimately, I talked to you guys, I was like, okay, this is actually something. This -hmm. is something special, you know, just because of, you know, the ethos behind what it was, it wasn't just about you know doing these these cool scripts but it was also about supporting new filmmakers and you know putting that all together so i think that's where the appeal really started to kick in for me and that's
8: when i was like okay fine <laughs> as covid shut down uh, so much of, of the film industry at this time i think a lot of creatives who were used to working in film or theater or whatever there you know any any kind of these these group uh um, you know artistic experiences that you know a lot of them went to clubhouse in similar places to find each other and you know maybe didn't know what even what to do and and while yeah yeah Sebastian Michael yeah they're right this was a a random group of people except for they had this affinity for um horror films and independent filmmaking and and we sort of found each other there on clubhouse and and we're all great friends now and and big supporters of each other so um there was um while there was a lot of randomness there at the beginning there was also pretty quickly there's a vibe between uh the different creators and other Folks who came around and 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 really um, cheered us on in the clubhouse community. So it was. I've, I've never really sensed that sort of energy coming together so quickly. It was really a, a fascinating time. That's something that I definitely noticed with Kim because I, I was locked out of it the was,
2: clubhouse. It was a funny period because he's got a uh, a Google phone and yeah. I have an iPhone. And so I'd be like, hey, I got a, I got Straight. a clubhouse meeting. I'll see you later. Yeah,
8: like,
1: hey, I know you're you're really bored right now because it's also a pandemic for you. But I'm over here making friends. <laughs>
8: <laughs> That's right. And clubhouse was iPhone only for quite a while.
1: That's right. It
9: was. Yeah. The good old days. <laughs>
8: <laughs> oh, It, it,
1: it, Damn, it definitely Mark. has changed a little bit. So, I mean, Seb had also kind of talked, well, Michael had talked about how weird it was to get that message from Seb saying, hey, we're making a movie. Uh, what was the general sense from everybody on this call when when they first sort of got roped into this? Because, yeah, when when Kim just sort of burst through the door and told me that somebody was going to give her money to make it short, I kind of just didn't believe it.
10: Similar. <laughs> so, well, I think well, it was similar. Look, yeah.
12: It's, yeah. I, I think it's, we all, we had a reservation. Well, I, I didn't have any really Sam I, dove kinda, right I in. actually chose, I just <laughs> I felt like it was the right thing to do I felt I felt that it was right and I bonded with everybody and I felt like I knew everybody it's the same thing you know when 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 Haley and Nicole uh, uh came in later on and and I was really sort of kind of like I was like damn I wish I had uh, you know Haley was in that room as well and then fortunately uh, one of the film, female filmmakers ended up dropping out because she had, a, a, I think, a death in her family. And we're like, okay, so I think that's where we get Haley. Mm. Um, so I called Haley and I said, hey, you remember that, you know, what we talked about? I think we can uh, bring you into the whole thing. So I didn't have any reservation. I just trusted in the process and the filmmakers, especially after reading the scripts. And I was like, okay, so we're actually doing this. And so I felt, but look, I, I don't think any of you guys actually believed us until <laughs> we started, Well, uh, I guess <laughs> even in the end, when Mike we started doing the wires,
4: I think. Once the production fund the cleared, I was a believer. <laughs> I, think, I think that's the interesting thing about how this came about organically is that there were all these steps along the way Where things could have dissolved and fell apart, but everybody stepped up. You know, Hank put in the first script in four hours, and then the rest of us had them in in the next uh, few days or a week. And then, you know, we got responses from it. We did a writer's room. We got notes. We turned around the notes and got the scripts approved. And then, so there was a whole checks and balances process where both sides, I think, could see, oh, this really is going to be something. And then also, Having uh, Mark, uh, Mr. Mark A. Pritchard and uh, Jason Wilkerson being like, Give us the money, we're ready to shoot, ready to shoot. it shot in <laughs> like two weeks or something, right, guys?
9: Right, yeah, yeah. But I, I mean, I'd like to add that I started getting relieved when I got a a side email from Mike saying, Hey, have you directed anything before? And could you show me it? <laughs> I was like, Oh, good. Okay. Yes. <laughs> There's some some logic and sanity here. And um, I was lucky enough to have a couple of things to show. But that attitude, that that we're gonna finance it and we're gonna be responsible for taking it to the market for you. I can't tell you that that's that kind of courage is always gonna get my best response. It's it gonna was gonna every favor i've got and really lean into it
2: especially all of us um i would say we've all been trying to be filmmakers on our own independently we all had different projects in different stages of development and i think being part of the cog in the machine for however long we've each been in it is you've kind of learned that every yes in this industry is a maybe and every maybe is likely a no so um you're you're kind of um, you know, keeping, keeping your, um, expectations even keel and leveled and stuff. And, but this was so unique in that there was this weird synergy that every green light we blazed on through anything that could have been yellow or red, just green all the way. Like we did the writer's room. Like you said, we did all of the steps and three weeks later, it was like we were shooting.
4: And then seventh month, yeah. seven months later, we had a movie. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
4: <laughs> yeah. It's pretty unheard of. It's yeah, pretty it's crazy. crazy. And I love the connection of
10: like of Nicole and your film, Jason. Like that's how she came on. They met her on your set. And that's just was, a brilliant story.
4: She it was crazy because, um, you know, Nicole had approached me, I think, through Clubhouse or Instagram. She might have I think she was uh, working with somebody who I knew and she reached out and she kind of asked for like a mentorship session to talk about horror because she was doing her first horror film. I forget if she asked her, if I asked her, I just told her, like, we're shooting if you want to, you know, I think she asked to be a PA or something. And then she showed up and I'm looking around at my crew and like half of them are just sitting around the whole time. And I see this like blur and it's (laughs) Nicole doing like the job of 12 PAs. She just works so hard on set. And I think she really caught the attention of Mike and Seb on there. And then I'll let you guys tell the rest of the story because the rest is, is is something you guys know about specifically that I don't, so.
11: Oh, well, I mean, it was, you know, Seb and I were trying to make all the productions or as many of them as possible. And I, you know, I, I remember we were on your set and I remember meeting Nicole and you know how impressionable she was. And you know, I think in that process, we were shooting way into the night, as we know. I think Sebastian was like already passed out in like the first hour. He was asleep. <laughs> we covered the coats. And yeah, I was like, all I was right, exhausted. I guess well, I gotta keep
4: it going then somehow. So I'm there, you know. <laughs> and I, and I remember I, seeing Mike <laughs> in the last shot of our of our day, which was the coolest shot in the in the short. We just look at each other and we're like. Yeah, we were both (laughs) awake. Yeah, because we were also sort of in
11: the second half of the production leg, if I remember. And then I I I remember Nicole was talking to me about her short. Um, you know, and it was gonna be her first short and you know, asking for, you know, advice and things like that. And, you know, I was curious. So I said, sure, you know, I'd love to just take a read, not really thinking much about it. And then I remember I believe we were flying to Ohio for Steven.
12: Yeah, we read it on the plane.
11: We read it on the plane. And I was like, oh, I was like, okay. like at first I was like, oh, this is great. okay. And then I think maybe an hour later in that plane ride, I was like, wait a minute. (laughs) I was like, we're doing like this anthology right now. And like this is kind of an opportunity. Like, I mean, the, the issue I had at the moment was like the anthology was getting long just because we just had all these people. Right. Uh, Because there were some other folks that were part of this that, you know, uh, we ultimately didn't include, but I just kind of had this moment with Sebastian and I asked Sebastian, I was like, hey, what would you think if, uh, you know, we offered Nicole to be part of this anthology? Because I think it actually would fit really well. I mean, one, I did feel like it was was a little too... uh, dude bro heavy at the moment you know? <laughs> <laughs> so so especially like i mean you know thank goodness we had Haley come in in place but i was like it's still like you know a large majority yeah. like men and so it was just kimmy back then <laughs> kimmy was yeah, the only yeah. kimmy,
4: uh lady back
12: then yeah because because uh, um if you guys remember um sabrina had dropped out because she had a death in her family and yes. she didn't think that she could um you know she could um Make it, look, I was, look, we we're very impressed with the script. And I think we both, I think Mike, I was dozing off. I think Mike kind of woke me up on the plane and said, you know, we should tie this into the WAPRON
4: story in a way and make it last. I and, could not
6: uh, believe yeah. my dumb luck that
4: that all is kind
2: of, one thing
6: it I'm- It
4: wasn't, yeah. wasn't luck, Nicole. You worked very hard.
2: And oh, thank yeah. you so- Nicole, you Thank had you. you had kickstarted yours. You were going to do yours as a separate project already, so it was kind of just absorbed by Symphony almost.
6: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I so I was working with a coach who was teaching me just the f- financial aspects. I've made a lot of very small projects, but this was like. Uh, prove to yourself, Nicole, that you can get out there and start meeting more people and bring it to the next level. And so that was the goal. And I was listening on Clubhouse and I heard Jason and I'm like, oh my God, this guy, he's got the experience. I just need to know. I need to pick his brain. He's like amazing. So I looked around on his Instagram and learned a little bit more and then um, gave him a call and he was so generous with his time and, and advice. And then to go on his set and I got to meet a lot of really amazing people that he knows, uh, that were there working and ask them questions. And it was wonderful. I also met Baraka, another filmmaker in our our group and, um, and just the camaraderie there and the energy was amazing. And, um, I I just was like chit-chatting constantly about my film at the time. So if you were in my sphere, you're probably hearing about whatever it was. So, uh, um, yeah, it just feels super, super lucky to not only have met Jason and his team, but incredible luck to be pulled into this this thing. And, yeah, I had no idea about any of it, really. Um, And so when they're talking about, yeah, we're going to be you know, shopping for distribution. I'm like, okay, <laughs> I don't <know> these... <laughs> we'll see what happens. I hope so. Um, and by
8: the way, no one should be surprised that the hardest working person on Jason's set learning the fastest is a
4: mom. Okay. Oh. The, yeah. I <laughs> yes. wasn't surprised. It was don't called ever mother underestimate love. the mom. Was, the shorts literally called mother love. So, yeah. you know, I think it was totally. keeping to the theme rather nicely. Yes. Yeah. Yes.
6: It was an absolute honor to do mm-hmm. to be on
8: your well, side. And outside.
4: thank you, Nicole, for all your hard work. Because that blood wasn't going to clean itself up. <laughs> <laughs> she was doing everything. And there was there was a,
8: a, you put a lot of it on the uh, on the on the screen. Intentionally, I was on like the floor
4: more and on the more. walls. Yeah. Just, if it could come out of a hose, it would have been there. <laughs> but we didn't we didn't have the budget for that. But next time, I learned you wax
6: the floor first to protect it.
4: There you go. Always I learning. Experience. Experience. <laughs>
3: That's
4: a good tip.
2: I mean, if anybody's gonna give you a run for your money, Jason, on the blood, I would say Jason, other Jason, you had quite a lot of blood no for sure.
4: We had a we had a blood <laughs> pact between the two Jasons yeah. is what it was. Man, this is getting punny. I don't know.
10: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Welcome to Nightmare uh, and Film yes. Street. I, <laughs> uh, I I ruined a car. Wow. Really? <laughs> and, and then traded it in two weeks later with no problem. It was okay. Crazy. Really? They didn't ask didn't any know questions know about the states. Yeah. Yeah. They yeah. didn't say a dang word. They didn't say shit. They didn't Sorry. call the
12: police. Wow. Yeah, no. I didn't no, even know I, that. that I, those, are the things, yeah. those are the things I got to know so I can talk about in my interviews.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was, I, I, I had it detailed.
12: Yeah.
10: Yeah. Uh, I had it detailed and couldn't get the stains out of the floorboard because we pumped a lot of blood in there, Uh, fake blood. And um, yeah, I took it to the dealership two weeks later and uh, got a brand new car. Nice. (laughs) Nice. Wow.
2: And so did you, um, you had a bunch of appliances. I, I don't want to talk too much about them, but there were some really cool <sighs> special effects. Can you speak yeah. on those a little bit?
10: Yeah, I'm really good friends with one of the hardest working special effects artists you'll ever meet. Um, her name's Christina Cordom. Her and I have been best friends for a long time and I grew up as a creature kid and loving that aspect of makeup and knowing what practical effects or the value of practical effects over digital. I like digital. I like them to enhance, but I'd rather feel it and, you know, get my hands on it rather than than uh CGI it. So, uh yeah, we did some camera trickery. There's a a, a cool shot that I'm proud of that I'd never done before and we did some camera trickery and uh uh I think it turned out well. I think, it,
1: I think it seems natural to, to jump over here to, to Stephen for a half a second while we're talking about special effects because unfortunately somebody couldn't a make it to your set last minute and you kind of got stuck becoming your own special effects uh, expert. Yeah,
7: so at the last possible <laughs> minute, I had a whole bunch of things kind of all go wrong at once. I had a producer attached to the project who was also going to do special effects for me. She's like, yeah, I can get you locations. I have all these like connections. I'm going to set you up. You're not going to have to worry about anything. It'll be great. I'm like, awesome. So like day of, or like a couple days before, the location falls through. So I got to find a new location. And then day of... Disappears. I have to do like all the special effects myself. I'm I don't come from a makeup background. I come from construction. I build movie sets, things like that. And like also at the same time that I was working on this project, I was also building sets for a Netflix film. <laughs> and so, so it's like okay, work on set all day. Uh, I have a couple days this weekend to make this thing happen. I'm going to, I'm going to do that, and then back to work on Monday. <laughs> Yeah, so she doesn't show up, and I'm like, "Oh crap, what do I do?" Fortunately, a friend of mine who was helping me out on set, Johnny, great guy. He's like, "I got you." Went back to his house, grabbed whatever he had around, and he's like, "Here's here's here's the pieces that I have." So I'm like, "Okay, I'm going to do all this special effects makeup. I'm going to build a creature from scratch with like no prep, no no plans for it." I found some bits of cloth around on set. I found. Um, Just random junk that I combined, I basically took some chew toys, (laughs) um, a plastic face shield, uh, and like some other bits and bobs that I had in my car and built this like creature prosthetic (laughs) Mm -hmm. out of like scrap basically, and it it looked pretty good.
4: Oh, no, like it looks
1: like you crazy. would
7: never know.
6: Yeah, you no, would not never at know.
7: All. <laughs> he had an issue at
4: all. The shorts fantastic. Yeah. He pulled it off. It, I, I mean, I, I'm still in awe of it, honestly, oh, yeah. that he went through I, all that. Hundred percent. Yeah, I got to speak
11: to this because we flew in and I actually really remember this. We were pulling up to this location and I was like, OK, this isn't what this wasn't what I thought it was going to be, because we talked about it being like this whole other like venue. And I walked in. And first of all, I was like, oh, this is actually the best mistake to ever happen. And <laughs> <'Cause laughs> it's fucking awesome. right? <laughs> and but then I see Steven and he's literally trying. He's like directing. And at the same time, you don't see like his hands. So he's like putting together this like prop. And he has like the food on the side and he's trying to like get the food cable. And I was like, what is going on? This guy's doing like 50 things. But as we were like there, like he, he just pulled it off so well. I mean, so, so well. I mean, like, yeah, it was really
12: fantastic. man. Yeah. Like, I, I, I think I was looking at Mike and I'm like, okay, so we can do prep, but both Mike and I would directors. Maybe it's a question of maybe try to set up things for him to, you know, all he has to do is just call, you know, action, because both Mike and our directors, so we kind of know, you know, uh, uh, about, but we don't do parts. but I'm like, the minute they were finished setting up, and he's doing his thing, and they were like, okay, so we're waiting for him, and he looked up, he's like, action, and he's looking, I'm like, okay, so he doesn't need us at all, <laughs> he doesn't need us, so he's doing all these things, and I was extremely impressed, and, and I was like, you know, I bet you this thing is just going to look. Freaking fantastic. And then when we got this cut, I was like, okay, so this is a guy with real talent. Yeah, so we're very impressed.
8: Yeah. And, I think, I think that, that we were on a call with Steven, like right at the, uh, just after he had finished filming or something, and he was like going on maybe two hours of sleep in the last 36 hours or something, right. last couple of days. Uh, he was absolutely exhausted and heading into more like set building for this Netflix show. I don't know how he pulled it mm-hmm. off, but uh, it was, we were, I was very impressed. Well, like Jason yeah. mentioned, like you can see
11: the final product, and you would never know.
10: Yeah,
8: I mean, this is of,
11: I do want to give a quick shout out to Elena and Victor, who are actually part of the special effects post team. Also, uh, I know they worked on a bunch of your films randomly, but you know they were also integral in sort of helping. Kind of add the touches to to Steven's project to make sure that like we were able to clean up any little other thing that wasn't noticeable. So I do want to give a shout out to them because you know they they did a lot of magic, but they're definitely behind the scenes. I don't think anyone here well, well, them. I have met them yet, have you?
7: No, oh, no, I, yeah. I don't believe I met them. But they're they're they did an incredible job just like enhancing everything, just adding just a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and just really bringing it to life. And like that project was so insane. By the time we wrapped out of that location, because I only had Saturday sun, those were the only days that I had to shoot this thing. So by the time we wrapped out, I think it was about 3 a.m., and I had to be on set by six the, uh, the next morning. And so got everything packed up. Uh, I just drove directly to set. My car still packed all of stuff. I think I managed to get like a half hour to an hour nap in the parking lot and then woke up, walked, walked on the set, got to work for a 12 hour day. (laughs)
8: So crazy. Oh, my gosh.
7: Yeah. And then like editing, it was crazy because, you know, I'd be on set 10, 12 hours a day building these incredible sets. And then it'd be like, okay, I have 30 minutes or an hour a day that I would spend working on editing, getting as best I could. And then it was just like, it was kind of wearing me down a bit, <laughs> juggling to do projects. And so I was like, um, hey, you guys are producers. Like, that's why I pass it off to like Mike and Seb. I'm like, can you guys like... Finish cleaning this up for me because I'm in way over my head right now. And they're just like, all right, we'll take a look at this thing. And they're like, oh, we barely need to change anything. Just clean that up, clean that up. I'm like, oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah,
11: we really didn't need that much work, you know? So, like, I mean, we just finessed it and that's it, you know? Unfortunately, I've been an editor for 20 years. So, like, it was one of those things where I was like, OK, let's take a look. But actually, it was really great in the state that you had it in. So you got to give yourself credit for that. But <laughs> so Steven
4: is got a one of my favorite jump scares. Sorry, you know, sorry. He's a cautionary <laughs> tale for not wearing too many hats. Anyway, I'll kick mm-hmm. it back to the guy who's wearing a hat, Mr. Jason. <laughs>
10: now, I just wanted to say personally, it's got one of the best jump scares in the film.
7: Congrats. <laughs> Yeah, at our uh test screening, I I I loved the uh, uh audible scream in that one scene because like somebody just got absolutely yes! startled at the screening and I just, and I can't remember who it was, but one of it somebody in our group just yelled out, We got
12: one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I very much remember that. <laughs> yeah, div my Yeah. yeah.
1: And uh, in, you know in terms of the anthology, it's it's followed up by by your short Haley uh, Forever Young, which has like such a cool fucking premise. I, I love it. it.'s It's so funny too. Uh, was this an idea that you had already had before you were approached for Symphony? or was this something you just came up with once you heard uh, that you know everything was based on a song?
5: Yeah, I got really lucky actually, I think because um, uh, I think everyone in the group kind of knows Judge Shepard uh, who has been uh, was in the room originally. Uh, when when all the conversations about something happened and so I've uh, worked with Jed, and I've known Jed for a really long time and as soon as he heard that there was these guys that were looking to fund some short films I had in lockdown like many people had done um, I tried to spend some time just writing because I had finally the time to do it uh, and also the stress to do it but you know <laughs> the time to do it <laughs> um yeah, I wrote this a bit ago, so it probably isn't as uh, applicable now, but it was the time when TikTok was really blowing up and all the teenagers were on TikTok. And then I started to see all my friends who are in their 30s on TikTok doing the dances and doing all the kind of things where at the time I just thought it was really funny to see all these grown-ups doing all this thing, trying to emulate teenagers. And so I had this idea of like, what if you got punished for doing that as an over 30 year old? And then just um, had quickly written like a two minute short film actually for something else and sent it to Jed and Jed, you know, gave me notes on it. And then Jed was like, you need to send this to and Mike because they're going to fund some films. And, and I did. And they, uh, they liked it. And then they said, can you make it in four weeks? And can you make it 10 minutes? <laughs> <I was laughs> like, yes. You always say yes. in these situations. <laughs> and I uh, I was really hesitant I will say actually Mark is the reason uh, other than just being excited about doing it but um, I said I don't know guys it's a really tight turnaround like I've made films before like I don't want to you know I don't want to make a bad film and, and they were like hey talk to Mark talk to Mark he'll he'll help you and, and I jumped on a zoom with Mark and both Mark and mine's now producer Tim and Mark just was like you're doing it. I don't know why you're talking. Like, I don't know why you're worried. I don't know what you're scared about. Like you're doing it. This is a great opportunity. You'd be crazy not to do this. And he was right. I was like the most grateful thing I think I've ever been a part of has been getting to know this group of people being a part of this film. Um, and then getting to make my film. Um, it was a like wild four week turnaround where we were suddenly just like, okay, we need to find the crew. We need to, I need to write the script um, a bit longer. I need to source everything. And like, thank God I had Tim. And then um, I had this whole group of people to kind of be sounding boards to give encouragement and like help in any way possible. But um, but yeah, it was really fun though. Like I think doing the film has been one of the most rewarding things I've ever done in my career. And, and then to have this come out of it, it's kind of like everybody was saying earlier, this whole you know most of the time i think you said it brilliantly kimmy where it's like most of the time in this industry a yes means maybe and a maybe means no and and you're just always waiting for the rug to be pulled out from under you and the craziest thing i think about this whole process is that not one thing has been dropped like every time seb and mike have said this is going to happen we go sure okay <laughs> and then it does and then it's like now this is going to happen and you're like well, that other thing happened, but I'm still going to be cautious. <laughs> and then the other thing has happened. It's just been this snowball effect of more and more stuff happening and then getting to do it with this amazing group of people. Yeah, I'm just really glad my film is is a part of this. And and I like it that it's the comic relief at points and and still has a couple of scares in there enough. And then also this the total fear of having to relive your youth. It's a, a different type of fear than some of the other films. So it's nice to have that. <laughs>
4: Yeah, and it came out so good, like it's just so you. good, so much yeah. fun. Yeah. And and Haley just killed it. So, thank you, Mark, for telling her to do it.
9: Uh, <laughs> I guess I, I, was, <laughs> I was lucky enough to go down for the second day of shooting. And Kieran, um, uh, Haley's partner is the DP on this shoot, it's just an absolute bloody master. Really look forward to being able to work with him in the future. I hope, but just a funny story. Uh, I, I ended up in hospital that night, um, because I was carrying bloody appendicitis. (laughs) (laughs) My stomach, I thought it was anxiety for Hayley. (laughs) just pain in my stomach.
10: And I'm motorcycled,
9: 70 miles home with appendicitis. (laughs) (laughs) He
4: had convinced himself he was so empathetic that he was feeling
5: this. (laughs) He was just really scared of what was happening in the film. It just... (laughs) He, right. You know, he physicalized his fear, and became. Uh, you
9: know, I was sneaking onto Clubhouse from the hospital, saying, trying to find out how the other shoots were going.
4: <laughs> we were very worried about you. Actually, we were like, "Wait, Marquez, what? what we were, I, yeah. I didn't
9: know. I
12: didn't know until I got on on Twitter, and that's when I was actually starting to get on Twitter because I, I, I mean, I don't have a big presence at all on social media. I think after we actually made this. The little anthology of ours, that's when I actually got more followers. I had an Instagram for years I didn't use, or maybe didn't really know how to use it. And then I got on Twitter and then I saw Marcus in the hospital. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean he's in the hospital?
1: I'm glad you uh, mentioned uh, Haley's DP. Uh, if Am I re- correct in remembering that you have a really, you have a really long shot, like a really long continuous take?
5: We do, yeah. And uh we when this film starts. I mean, it's not a well it's not a, I won't say what it's about, but we we've got like a two minute, I think, uh one take in the beginning, which exactly. I I will say I I don't think I could have done the film without my partner because you know, having access to your DP twenty four seven really helps, especially when you don't have uh when time is not on your side. Um so you know, highly recommend. Date your DPS guys. It's just to it
4: come <laughs>
5: free.
4: D- DPS, editors or graphic designers and yeah. in good shape. That's, That's awesome.
3: what you want to <laughs> it's, it's, it's
12: a truly fantastic, fantastic uh, uh, shot in the beginning, uh, and that look. I, I was not on set, and and I don't know, you know, how many takes you you did, but it's just quite beautiful. Uh, look, the whole thing is beautiful. Everyone is. Uh, uh, segments is just beautiful in its own way. I, you know, I saw uh, uh, J-dubs. I'm like, damn, it's like the coloring was just worth taking. And then I saw Kimi, which was sort of kind of like off-white. And, and it was just a beautiful thing. And Mike and I were sitting and watching all this thing. And I'm looking at Mike. Mike was like, I think we might have something
3: here. <laughs>
11: That was one of my worries, you know, when you aggregate so many people together that you don't even necessarily know at their technical level, right? And so... You know, I, I was like, oh man, are these films going to be all over the place? Like how much work are we going to have to do to like kind of normalize them? <laughs> they, um, y- you guys really brought it, you know? I'm, I'm really proud about that, you know? I, I think there was just really one project, uh, you know, that didn't really fit at the end of the day. Not, not, not you guys, obviously, but like, uh, but, you know, it really
8: kind of worked so well, so together. So I'm really happy about that it seems to be then, so much of the challenge of this kind of project is that you you want to have the you know different voices uh, you know this this good collection of independent voices but you have to meet certain levels of quality and, and 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 just technical specifications that have to match enough to pull together such a project so to me i mean you guys were taking pretty pretty extraordinary risk in taking on this entire project and and it worked and you've got yes nine you know, new voices of horror. I think is, is how the marketing copy uh, copy phrases it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's a, a pretty extraordinary feat, and and a whole lot of it. I'll just I just want to say, you know, like from a technical standpoint, um, what you guys needed and and had to achieve at the end was a little bit beyond my experience in in videography, and so yeah, we we had to rely on on Michael in particular. Uh, for a lot of just understanding the specifications and talking with some of our the technical people on our end who are doing things like the color timing and and things like that to uh, to be able to deliver what you actually needed so we we were very much relying on
4: Michael in particular for that and also I think all that extra time he had on his hands not having to fix all of our shorts he put into that amazing trailer which uh, paid off I think for us Uh, he did such a beautiful job with that trailer and and what's yeah. funny is online, the reaction to the film, you know, we had some great stills from like Marks and J-Dubs in the first Fangoria thing that got released. And I had done like a pre-pro poster and everybody was like, OK, this is interesting. We got something interesting here. But when the trailer dropped, everyone was like, oh, my God, they might have actually made something decent. Did. But, <laughs> did you guys actually make the... a
2: movie?
4: <laughs> yeah, like, wow, that's this a... looks like that's a real that's... movie.
12: That's the it first, the first that's time. The thing we got from... Um... Paul Davidson, because when Gray saw the trailer, and Gray actually went into his office and said, hey, I think this thing is real. And, and I don't think uh I don't think they they heard about it, but did they didn't actually believe it until they saw the trailer? And and according to Gray, Paul was like, Holy fuck, this is cool. I know you're going to cut it. <laughs> oh, no, we won't cut it.
3: <laughs> <laughs> the horror podcast.
11: podcast. <laughs> we you swear you, all the fuck you, you want. <laughs>
10: That's uh, the thing. Yeah, like, yeah, What the yeah, fuck look,
11: not? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's all go around together. the table and say a swear word.
5: <laughs>
11: fuck. <laughs> If projects don't come together like this so that's why i think a lot of people didn't necessarily believe it was real for like a long while and then when that trailer
8: dropped they were like wait a minute they actually shot something you know and so i think there, there's a lot of big talk on clubhouse let's we'll just go ahead and acknowledge that and and yeah. so yeah for someone to say we're gonna make this movie we're gonna do whatever it, it is easy to say and, you know the t- talk is cheap there but uh, yeah it actually happened here this is such a beautiful project because like
11: like you mentioned earlier, Kimmy, like it's all organic, you know, we just kind of ran with that. I mean, if you work in this industry, you know, there's so many gatekeepers, you know, it's a hyper risk averse industry, like no one wants to give people chances. So something like this, where it was a lot of like first time filmmakers, you know, it's 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 a very hard pitch for most people. So I think, you know, it's like Sub mentioned earlier, we just decided to embrace it and just kind of go with it and see, you know, what would happen. And, you know, fortunately, here we are, right?
6: I want to interject and just say thank you so much for all of your generosity as a first time filmmaker coming in. I didn't feel like you were like, no, it can't be like this. It has to be. It was always just like what you're the director. This is your vision. How do we want to? Do- OK, I think we can do that. And it just, I felt so nurtured and uh, supported and I learned so much. I got to be on set with you guys when you were directing your piece and I learned a ton. So thank you very much. And, and Sebastian, I just remember uh, on a couple times I was like, oh crap, I have to change this uh, on set. And he came up with a line for me and came up with an idea for uh, an alternative scene and it was just phenomenal. So couldn't have done it without you guys in it. I'm just so grateful.
5: Yeah, I think that's yeah. one thing that- um, people should know is that seven Mike gave us all creative control over things, which is also really rare. Like, you know, getting the contracts for this project where it said you own the IP, everything's yours. We're not going to, you know, we're going to try and guide you and help you. We're going to let you do what you want to do. And like having that in in this industry is almost uh, non-existent. So, you know, I think everybody can say that we're all really grateful and feel really blessed that we got to, make the films we wanted to make um, and we're given this opportunity and, and and to have the chance taken on all of us is is really rare.
8: Yeah. And like every step along the way, they proved themselves worthy of the trust we would put in them. And you'd think it'd be like the opposite. Like we got to prove that they can trust us. Well, no, they, they were establishing, Mike and Sebastian from the very beginning established that, you know, we could, um, we could count on them. Uh, to be here for us and support us, and yeah, to ensure our creative vision. Even in even in things like again, like the coloring on our individual pieces. I, I remember remember interacting with Mike on on the color the color timing, and and while I know it needs to fit in with the overall look of the of the piece, he he was concerned that in changing maybe some aspects of the of the coloring or or some final polish on it, that it might not be exactly what what Wes and I had mind for the piece. So we had good conversations about that. And really that degree of, of trust and support is, is pretty extraordinary.
1: Now there's, there's been a lot of talk around the table here about the beauty of the project, but I gotta say, if, if there is one like ugly story, it's definitely yours, Greg. And I don't, I don't want to spoil anything about it to anybody <laughs> yeah. that hasn't seen it yet, but can you, can you talk a little bit about, about writing that story? Cause it's, kind oh, sure. of fucking dark,
8: man. Oh, <laughs> uh, thank you. Thank you. Well, you know, I have a, a you know, I love horror fiction and I, I read a lot of horror fiction and am very inspired by that. Um, and and uh, I love horror cinema. Um, you know, one of the films, uh, especially during that time that I was so impressed with was Anything for Jackson by um, uh, Justin Dick and Keith Cooper. Uh, and uh, I love that they had a, 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 just something that was unique. They had a relationship with, between two older people. Um, and, and it was just such an interesting take on a horror story. And I thought, man, what if I had an older couple in a horror story, what would I do with it? And, and how would you really uh, use the drama in their relationship and in the situation? And, and so I pitched the idea to my longtime collaborator, West Driver. We've been writing stuff together for over 30 years now, went to college together. And I wanted to... Um, Uh, you know, I had this kind of idea of an an older couple getting into a very dangerous situation. And I kicked the idea uh, 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 over the table to each other over lunch. The uh, woman kind of got nixed in this situation. We had an elderly innkeeper who um, is just, you know, there taking care of his inn and welcoming guests. And here comes a, apparently a family, a man, woman, and a child who he knows immediately there's, there's some really, there's some tension there. Uh, and, and it's a, it doesn't, it looks to be a bad situation and he wants to try to help in some way. He's not trying to get in people's business. He's not a busybody. but this is clearly a situation where in particular, uh, the, the woman seems to be in danger and he wants to help them out. So, uh, you know, as we typically do, you know, I, I would, I came in with a, 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 a plot, we developed the plot together. I wrote a draft, he wrote a draft, and then we kind of rewrote together. Uh, and we have done that in particular for theater and for film for a long time. So yeah, and I, I wanted to do something. Uh, initially, the, the threat was of one sort of horror trope that is maybe a little bit overused. And so we uh, we tried going someplace a little bit different with what is the what is the nature of the threat? Um, and, you know, one thing that um, that Sebastian and Michael wanted us to do from the very beginning, one of their key instructions was give us a film that is scary and something that could be potentially turned into a feature if there were interest in that after this film uh, gets out. So, yeah, I wanted to make sure that, that we had something that was open enough that we could turn it into a full-length feature. And I, I think for... Uh, I think for all of our, our scenarios, there are things that we could do to, I, I don't know. I don't want to speak for that rest of you guys, but I got the plot for the full in the <laughs> all worked out. And, and probably As about you 20 should, Greg. the script. Honestly, got about 20 pages yes. of script on it. Greg, so, even yeah. from
2: the writer's room, I totally got the vibe of like a Tales from the Crypt episode. It's got that, like the 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 subversion that you expect and like creature-y stuff. I don't want to spoil it too much, but it gives me yeah, such yeah. Tales from the Crypt vibes.
8: Oh, thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah, me yeah. too.
12: What, what I loved about it was, look, one of the best and hardest things to do, you know, as a writer, it's misdirection. I mean, you can try to do it, but you have to be able to do it well. When you do it, when you can pull it off, uh, it's a wonderful thing. Look, I love horror movies, but I'm not so much into the whole just the jump scare and all this stuff. To me, is if it can be a really good comedy forever young, a really good drama, you know, the keeper, or, or or any of the segments, right? Without the scare, that's when you have something good, right? The scare yeah. is just the icing on the cake kind of thing. I'm and what you get from almost everything in this anthology, is what you get. You know, mm-hmm. Haley, you didn't need the scare, Haley. You know, Forever Young is freaking funny as hell without <clears throat> the scare, and that's a good recipe for a good horror movie. And then you add yeah. stuff on top of it. When you watch uh, uh, the keeper, it's it's a very sad, sad situation. It makes you kind of feel uncomfortable a little yeah. bit because of, of what, what you think is happening. Because all you need, you need to think something is happening. And, and it's the misdirection that I loved about
8: uh, uh, The Keeper. And that's why it worked. Yeah. I, I hope the misdirection will work and that it'll it'll scare people a little bit there that they'll be caught off guard um but yeah really what this is about it's the the horror here is about a woman in a horrible situation uh and i think that that's going to um that'll hopefully resonate with viewers a, a lot of horror especially you know going back again to to fiction to the to pr- horror prose. Um, you don't get a whole lot of jump scares off of the page. You know, you can do that to a degree, but generally, it's it's just looking at uh, how dark uh, the human experience can get, how unsettling, and how do people deal with situations where the the natural order seems to be subverted in some way? Uh, so, I, yeah, I think that. Uh, what you'll really see out of the keeper is um, some performances that are really dramatic, especially the the role uh, of the the woman played by Karen Sternberg. She is fantastic in this. So I, I'm really really proud of how it turned out. And and it's a little fun fact: the the man, the woman, and the child in in this uh, in this film are actually a husband, wife, and their son. Oh no! Uh, so oh, I you love got that. Use, you got to use a very very talented family. You have Karen Sternberg, David Ian Lee, and Beckett Lee.
4: So a longtime theater family, they have got chops.
1: That's so cool.
4: And he has one hell of an ending as well. That ending, I like, when the first time I watched it, I, I was just like, okay, this is cool. This is cool. And then the ending hit, I was like, whoa, okay. <laughs> I, the only thing is I wish, we were shooting, we shot this
8: in uh, the house of a friend of mine. It is a manor in Nashville built in 1837. It is a gorgeous building. A nice red brick two story home would have been considered very lavish at the time and still just historically just a gorgeous home. And we were shooting in the room of, um, uh, you know, my buddy Kelta, uh, who's like 16, 17 years old, hardwood floors. Um, and, you know, we, we were filming in this, and I wanted in the final scene to use a lot of blood. We couldn't because we couldn't get blood on the floor. Um, <laughs> But uh, I think for for what we were able to do safely within the the parameters of this actual historic home, uh, I was pretty proud of how it turned out. And we did have a, we were really fortunate to have the Academy of Makeup Arts in Nashville come in to do wow. uh, special effects, blood and, and and just the regular makeup for the rest of the actors. And then it was their faculty members uh, and also just some like some, you'll see in in, in the film, there's some um, special effects going on. And as uh, so we were able to work with their faculty and they're very talented, students who staffed the production and were there for the a couple of weekends over which we shot doing the, doing all the makeup work they were just a joy to work with so like a lot of these kinds of productions and and our uh, similar experience in the theater world it's a it's a big family effort and there's just like nothing as wonderful as um, like taking the lunch break And and everyone's sitting around together and just talking and eating fried corn on the cob. I don't know if you guys had that anywhere else, but this is Nashville and we had fried corn on the cob. Um, So, yeah, it was it was quite a pleasure just getting to work with these people. It's a fun family project.
5: Yeah. Greg's film is so like from a cinematography standpoint and like the location it is stunning it is a a dream location oh that that house
2: is I love it so much even just the wallpaper and the shots you're just like I can I can feel like what it smells like in that room (laughs) yeah (laughs)
8: <laughs> yeah, for for real. The wallpaper was not from 1837. I believe it was from the remodeling done in 1909. So the wallpaper is a little more modern, but yeah, no, this this house it's an, it's crazy and just a couple of friends who I've worked with for, you know, a long time, uh I've known for this family for a long time were willing to let us use it. Uh we were hoping there were actual ghosts in the house. Uh, they said eh, not so much, but I did find <laughs> a, a, a dead um petrified possum body down in the basement. That Ooh, was kind of yeah funny. You got something. Yeah, it was something. I got photos. It's disgusting.
1: <laughs> one of my one of my one of my favorite things about the entire film, like the the anthology as a whole and Seb had kind of mentioned it uh, a little earlier is that there are it, it's almost like you get you guys sort of uh by chance maybe all took different subgenres. Like there are so many different subgenres of of horror storytelling in this one. I think Mark's is, is really unique. Mark, could you tell us a little bit of... Did you have the car first and then wrote the story around the car? Like, I don't know. you got a lot going on in your, in your story. Tell me about it.
9: Yeah. Um, are, are you sure we're allowed to swear?
1: Yes,
2: absolutely. Oh, yeah.
9: <laughs> okay. Right, because I thought I'd fucked up. Um, I I didn't hear back from Seb for three days after I submitted my script. And I was getting really terrified, uh, thinking I've gone way too high concept. I'm addicted to buried leads and this is a looping story with uh, loops within loops and it's only eight minutes long um I've, I've probably overcooked this one I'm not going to get to do it I was so scared and then finally got on Clubhouse and Seb was just like oh loved it man I loved it and I was just like yes okay so uh, so the the car in answer to your question it, it was a client I was shooting for and um they i've been shooting commercials on the track that we use in the film that allowed us um to get the actor to actually drive the car um which is a real it's a technical bit of filming for a for a short film and we were pushing it anyway the whole film to save money is shot in daylight uh it's all exterior shots except for one so we were banking on weather um we had the actor actually drive the car, which is a technical set of shots to get. And because we only had two hours on the track, that was super compressed. The car, because it's an electric conversion, was run out of electrons at the wrong time. <laughs> <laughs> and, um so yeah, we we were we were pushing the envelope as hard as we could, but for all the reasons you've heard, you know, it felt like the right thing to do. So it's just like we've we've got a shot here. Getting a film that gets out and and is seen by people, so wanted not to leave anything on the table. And uh, that that the are we allowed to talk about props? I've got so the, there's a handmade book that's significant in mine, and uh, and a and a knife that is an Indian weapon from the 14th century. So all of these little pots of friends in Oxford that I've been kind of going around, you know, with writer brain going, oh, that would be great in a movie. <laughs> Let me have the Morgan. Let me have the Indian knife. <laughs> and that became limited edition. And it also add, wanted- the, the added stress of having to keep these,
8: these objects, and especially that vehicle, safe on top of making all of, getting yeah. all of the shots within a certain amount of time, that's a whole lot of stress. I mean, you must have had certain
9: parameters around use of that vehicle in particular. Very much so. I mean, I, I, joking aside, I, I, I take all the, the safety of that stuff extremely seriously. If I hadn't been experienced at directing camera shots, I probably, uh, camera car shots, I, I probably wouldn't have gone for it. But, um, uh, we, we had, uh, multiple briefings and people on the track and, um, uh, people taking great care and plans. And first aiders and things, if if anything went slightly awry, and we were also um, driving the car fairly slowly, we were kept keeping it in with a certain ratio so that it couldn't do all the speeds it's capable of. Mm. Um, so we were tilting things in our favour. Well, I mean, uh, Stella Stocker, who's gone on to be Martha Wayne in the Batman, she uh, she was such a sport. She in one of the scenes uh, gets blooded and. Um, my costume here went right we need to do a change so she put a set of shears you know dressmaker shears straight up the back to cut the jumper out and this is on day two on the, the last set of sequences uh on a remote farm not near any shops and she went straight through the mic leaves. Oh no. Right. <laughs> so um luckily my my crew could see that I was at that stage in the day where my brain was exploding because I was trying to craft the edit as I was shooting to make sure I had absolutely everything covered because we were not going to get the car back. We were not going to get the property back. The actors were going to different jobs. Reshoots and pickups were were not possible. So the crew was so good they didn't even tell me. (laughs) (laughs) They quietly went away, swapped mics so that we got the dialogue from the correct actor, but the thing, and then I only found out about two days later. That's that. that's how you
12: know you have a good crew on your hand. Right,
9: those are keepers, Mr. Mr. Tim Woolrich, you know. our, our producer that we all share now, because <laughs> he's he's that good. Oh,
12: Tim is Tim Tim, Tim is like a super producer. He's, he really is. He's it's look. Not all producers want to deal with this script. Not all producers even want to read your script. But Tim is like uh, Tim is like Mike in a way. Well, Mike is like super, super, super because <laughs> he, he writes, he produces he does land producing. Edits. So, so Mike and Tim, those two guys are like, you know, we, with Mike, uh, I'm, I'm not quite sure what I would do uh, uh, without Mike uh, when it comes to all those things. Because um, there are a lot of things I don't want to do. <laughs> I don't, I don't, don't want to know things about budget. I don't want to know what things cost. I just want to read scripts uh, and produce <laughs> Until Mike says, uh, oh, no, that's like, look, if it's up to me, I would give all of you guys everything you ask for. Until Mike says, yeah, we can do that. We might, we might have to save some money here. It's Mike like Seb- Seb's
4: way
8: sounds pretty nice. We should try that. <laughs> you know. and Sebastian is the id, and Mike, uh, Mike is the super ego, I think, <laughs> in this, you know, in the company. Mike is the super uh,
12: producer filmmaker. Yeah. Uh, well, I have to make sure we
8: still exist
9: at some point. So. <laughs> <laughs> There's just, no, but... just one last point I want to make. Yeah. Um, my my cinematographer Andy Roger has um, been with me through several shorts now, and God, good cinematographers will school your directing if you listen to them and and le- listen to their their pitches for shots and and the approaches you're going to take. This guy changed uh, a black magic with some electricery to make it more like a, an Alexa LF. And if you're if you're lucky enough to see limited editions part of Symphony, if you're listening to the podcast, just check out particularly on the driving shots, but the shots around Oxford. I, I didn't fully see what this vintage lens we were using did until we were in the screening in LA after after Comic Con, which is another story. Um, hmm. Uh, the the movement um, that's going through the depth of fields in in the wind on the farm day on the second day, I, I honestly, I, I cut it, and I didn't know it was there. So, you know, if you can get a person who, uh, between cinematographer and your directors, who, who share an aesthetic to help you tell a story and can use that craft to to just pick those moments with, with characters, you'll, you'll see moments between... Donna and Stella that still give me goosebumps, and I've seen that film more than anyone, then that's that's large part down to my DP helping me tell the story. Uh, Sorry, I just wanted to chuck that in there.
1: No, that's great. Yeah, I mean, I I think there's two things we've learned today on this call. It's that uh, you need to give people creative control and you marry your cinematographer, right? (laughs) Right. Mark Mark, when oh, you marry yours.
9: <laughs> well, no, so Lucy, Lucy, my other half, she she catered for the thing, but also I mustn't forget this. She was a cast member. We we got to the end of the second day and forgot about a cadaver. <laughs> 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 and I don't want to give too much away because it's gonna actually give it away, but the dead person towards the end is is my girlfriend standing in. I'll, I'll pass the baton on that. <laughs> Who is also the karaoke char- champion of San Diego? from
10: our
4: Phenomenal!
6: Oh my god! Diego, yeah.
4: oh my god. <laughs> Amazing!
10: <character> Amazing! <laughs> That's She's fantastic. now a rock star, guys. She's in. She's got yes. a band and everything.
4: She's yeah. in a band. Oh She's god. legit.
1: No
10: oh,
4: shit. I believe it. She's been legit. People just know now. That's what's up with Lucy. <laughs> that is. So, that is. So. Right.
1: Well, Kimmy, I think we're coming to you,
9: aren't we?
2: Well, just to actually piggyback on the on the giving credit where it's credit's due, um, a lot of my short is thankful to John as well because he he was a first and first assistant director, but he also was our COVID safety <laughs> operator and he was also our, oh, fetch this because we forgot to bring it, officer. <laughs> and honestly, I couldn't I I couldn't have done nearly as much as we got done in the two days we shot without him just running around and fielding like every single thing that came up at one point the the police were called um because we were we were in another one of like Canada's lockdowns where there was no gathering or anything except for small business operations and film I think was limited to like 12 people at that point and we were in like a, our small town filming and the police didn't even know the rule and so john is there with like his his screen shield on and his like his temperature logs and all of these these documents being like no no we can film here we can film here while i'm in the other room literally sh- setting up a shot like it was it was hectic and crazy and uh yeah you gotta you gotta have your spouse with you i think <laughs>
1: I mean, I'll take I'll take, yeah, the, I'll the, take whole... the credit, but mostly all I did was like get people coffee and and shoot the
8: cops away. That's you know, that's
2: the... <laughs> just shoot the cops <laughs> away.
8: <laughs> but that My whole COVID friend. safety officer that was brand new. I mean, yeah. how many months had any documentation even been out there or any recommendations from the Screen Actors Guild or whomever? Oh, how long had that stuff even been out there and so you have you have this suddenly this role that needs to be represented on your films uh, and and yeah you gotta have someone to go and learn that that's a that's a real task there um, so yeah it's uh you you have to admire the flexibility yeah. uh, and ingenuity of especially a small production company where there there's no extra budget for that
1: and I, I wasn't supposed to do it either we had a friend who was who is a paramedic who just couldn't make it he was supposed to be there that day but you know work called during a pandemic so he had to go go in um but yeah it was you know it was, it was you know we, we pulled every favor we could I'm sure like everybody here on this call post-production and you know and and production like we had friends just holding lamps like other people you know Painting bananas so they didn't look like they were fresh. Like we, we we pulled in every favor we could.
4: Wait, is that a credit on the film, Banana Painter? Not, I'm look for that. I think it was our makeup artist. Yeah,
1: it was well, a family yeah our makeup guy. artist. It be. when she wasn't yeah, doing that makeup. that should be a credit. My fa- my favorite credit that I've seen on uh, on a movie is Shark Wrangler, and it's in a movie that yep. has no sharks, and that's thanks to that Shark
4: Wrangler. Shark, I've, wrangler. I've wrangled I've wrangled llamas on on sets, and I've also wrangled seagulls. Oh, And wow. there's a trick to that, actually. <laughs> wow. If you throw down Ooh. chunks of bread instead of little pieces, they hover in frame and they don't know what to do with it. They're oh. like looking at it. And I got seagulls to hover in a frame once. It was pretty funny. Damn,
1: Nicole, you're not kidding. Yeah. Like, we're just learning stuff from Jason
4: nonstop today. <laughs>
12: right? This guy...
10: Wow. That movie is called Birdemic. You oh, I mean. you <laughs>
4: are on Birdemic.
12: Oh, we need no. to get Jed
4: here. A, oh. Jed is an EP on Birdemic too, and I'm in front right. of him. <laughs> he up. I am not affiliated with Birdemic. <laughs> <laughs>
7: <laughs> oh man
1: well thank thank you all so much for for taking the time to talk to us today i can't wait for the world to see symphony to see all of your hard work it's an incredible anthology and it's coming out at the right time of year
4: that's for sure yes. Who um, actually came you.
8: up with the t- you know, symphony not sim it's s-i-n
4: P h o n y. Who
8: actually came up with that title? I, I never found. We that.
4: kicked. We kicked around titles for a while. I think we kicked around title was... for a while, and then I
12: and then I said, I think because it's it's sin. You know, she's sort of kind of like I don't want to again. I don't want to give it up. There's, an evil, it, there's, there's an evil presence. There's an evil presence. You know, supernatural kind of thing, and I feel like it's 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 all sinners sort of kind of like thing, and because of the music element also. That we felt like maybe the music should, you know, should be uh, uh, should play a big part of it. Again, not giving it up, and I felt like music and evil. We put that together. Then, you know, and, and, and yeah, it was and, Seb
4: that said it. Finally, he was like, "We're going to do this."
12: Yeah, and then you know, Mike and I and we sat <laughs> you, with we Dave and
4: we, we wrote the song. Yeah, yeah. And Mike and I would would
12: yeah. the song, the lyrics for it. Yeah, yeah and we did,
4: did pretty that. good because there aren't a lot of other symphonies out there. There's like this music thing—that's oh. another so, shout that we
11: to give real quick is to David, David fest David, thank you. Uh, yeah, uh, David is amazing. You did a great job. Yeah, he did a lot of your music across these shorts
3: too. And, so.
12: and Victor and, and, and Elena as well. Yeah, we, we, we out talk out. about it. Okay, because okay, so that's good. Because Vic, Victor and, and look and everybody involved in this, even though if I've ever met you from the PA to you know everybody, thank you so much. For being a part of it and look, and, and especially you guys. Uh, uh and I also want people to know that, which I always said that uh, I don't I, I want people to know that it's not like we we gave you guys like tons of money. I think it's <laughs> important for me to always say that because what you accomplish with, with the budget is just incredible. So I always want to make sure that I give you guys props for pulling it off.
5: Um uh,
12: with, you know, because again, you know, some of the questions that I get a lot on clubhouse, and and it's like, so tell me, you know, it's like, no, you know, I want you to know that these guys are incredible, uh, amazing filmmakers, and and with what they ended up doing, and I keep telling the new filmmakers, trust me. Be happy. <laughs> uh, 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 We're getting a lot more than we did, so they should be happy. We'll so, that. so uh, um, We're not look, bad. I, that, that's I want to give you guys that you know uh, as well. Uh, Thank you, sir. Because I
4: think you guys are incredible. We think you guys are incredible.
12: What uh, right was an in cr- incredible
4: opportunity and, that and you gave everything. us and. We're also thankful that you gave us money in general to make yes. it. So that was good too. Yeah, <laughs> it worked and, and, out. And we do hope we said. do hope that
8: people are going to get behind this film, that they'll watch oh, it, yeah. and and that look, they'll, I, they'll I, tell I, I their take, friends look. about it, champion it, because this this is absolute, this is pure independent filmmaking, and yeah. in this case by people who love horror cinema. Um, so the original. watch the show and tell your friends about it. Talk about it on socials. Um, uh, and, Absolutely. And, 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 not, and a, not, a little quote to, to, to Dark Creator. Sky Film
12: as well, to MPI as well, um, because those guys are incredible. And, and I, I have no doubt people will watch this. They will. And, and Dark Sky has been doing a fantastic job. And, and also, you know, Clubhouse and Rosie Baker, you know, uh, Gray, gray uh, from Clubhouse and, and Rosie. And, and you know, we should definitely talk, uh, give a shout out to Angel at Fangoria. And Phil Noble, oh, yeah. you know, uh, 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 Meredith, uh, all these people, boys from Hollywood Reporter, all those people, especially Fengoya, who supported this since the beginning. Uh, uh, I think, uh, you know, Angel and, and,
4: and, and Phil and, and these guys are incredible for getting behind this. Um, and also, Seb, uh, mm-hmm. I want to give a special thank you to uh, Barbara Crampton, Kelly Maroney, and Bonnie Aaron. Yes, and Bonnie, they were Ahrens. part of our so, original horror group crew on on Clubhouse. We were actually hanging out I've, with them in chat I, I Actually, have, I'm scheduled to
12: speak with them next week. All three of them. And and yeah. also they
4: were very kind and they let me use their faces on the app in Clubhouse in my short. In Why they home. talk next to yeah. <laughs> yeah,
12: so so you know, big thanks to all those guys, you know, from Steve Barton to Jet Shepard to Alex Noyer, you know, Josh stoberg all those guys have been supporting this uh uh um since the beginning. And and I think we've been very fortunate to have these people. Uh, on our side and the clubhouse family uh, on people on Twitter, on, on Instagram. I mean, the list is endless. So, um,
8: yeah, there, there's no, I hope there's they no know family that. like the horror family. It, yeah, it is, it's so supportive and embracing. I, I
12: know look, exactly. look, we yeah. have the coolest genre and the coolest fans and the coolest people. And this community. And I think with them, that's why this film will be uh, successful and, and people will watch it. So far. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah.
2: It's gonna be really great just to get it out there and for people to see it, because I feel like we've been we've been living with this secret for over a year and we're just we're just ready for, for the world to kind of see it.
1: Absolutely. Thank you again to all of you for, for taking the time to, to share your stories with us here. And congratulations to each and every one of you on making an incredible short. Uh, they all fit so well in this anthology and I, people are going to love it. Happy Halloween, everybody. And congrats Happy to you Halloween. guys. Happy
4: thank, you guys. Yeah. Thank, thank, you. thank you Thanks, Nightmare thank on, you. on Film Street. Thank you so much. <laughs> 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 oh,
3: yes.
1: Thank you again to all the filmmakers behind Symphony for taking the time to chat with us and share their stories. Symphony is available on VOD right now, thanks to Dark Sky Films. It's also coming on day 21 of the 31 Day Horror Challenge. Today's prompt is Horror Anthology. Uh, If you haven't figured out why we did that yet, I'm sure you're figuring it out now. And who doesn't love a new horror anthology right around the Halloween season? It's the absolute perfect time for a handful of fun-sized scares.
2: You can rent Symphony right now on all major VOD platforms like Google Play, uh, iTunes, and wherever you rent your
5: movies.
1: Yeah, and share your thoughts with us on uh, on Twitter, in Letterboxd, uh, in the Nightmare on Film Street Discord, at nofspodcast.com slash discord. Uh, if you're watching it this weekend, let us know what you thought. Let us know what your favorite segments were.
2: We'll be back at you again next Thursday with the final chapter of our Rotten Pumpkins series where we've been talking about the lowest rated films in the Halloween franchise. But until then, I'm Kim.
1: I'm John. Stay Stay creepy.
0: It appears you made it out alive. But we'll get you next time. (laughs) Help us to grow the horde. Leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you subscribe. More terror can be found lurking on our website, nofspodcast.com. Until next time, stay creepy, fiends.